old-fashioned football on the sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by our patreon score exclusive perks content and contests including our nfl win totals contest with a one thousand dollar prize join today at sports gambling podcast.com slash patreon we're also brought to you by game time download the game time app to get last minute tickets at the lowest price guaranteed use promo code sgpn for twenty dollars off we're also brought to you by DraftKings sportsbook Download the app now and use code DGEN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Only at DraftKings with code DGEN. Hey, what's up? This is Sam Macho, and you're listening to Old Fashioned Football. Old Fashioned Football. This deal right now, you can't Welcome, welcome to Old Fashioned Football. If you're wondering who you're listening to, this is J Mark. You can find me on Twitter at J Mark Football. And before I keep going, I got to introduce my co-host on the pod and in life. You can find her on Twitter or find her on X, whatever you want to call it, at the Mermark. You can call her Murmur. How you doing today? Murmur? Did I say Murmur? You can call her Mur. Mur. Murmur. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm doing great. Uh, it's Wednesday already. It is Wednesday. Oh my goodness. It feels like Tuesday. We had an extra <laughs> long weekend, which was nice. Yeah. Um, but no, it's going great. Yeah, and in case you're tuning in on YouTube, we are uh, releasing video now in the steps to us going live. So make sure you go over to uh, YouTube and check us out, Old Fashioned Football Podcast, because our shows will be live there, including starting Friday when we do the Listener League draft (laughs) live. We've already heard so much about this, and people want making sure that they're going to be listening people in our draft, which I don't know how I feel about that because <laughs> nobody needs to know who we're going to be bidding on. Um, you know, I think there's going to be a, a little bit of a delay enough that if they are listening, it's not going to affect it too much. I don't know. I yeah. see, I, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> there's bound to be some drama, which is um, I did see on Facebook cause I made a Facebook event that uh, our buddy Mikey said that's the main selling point, us arguing over players and their prices. So that'll be interesting. It will be. <laughs> um, anything else you want you have to add before we move on? No. No? No. Well, Just ready to, we're going to be talking. I guess I do have stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to be it. talking <laughs> um, auction strategies today. We have a special guest coming on the show with us. Um, we have some NFL headlines, I guess, to cover. Seems like a lot of stuff. Which, if you've already been drafting, I feel this art. Some of this stuff already impacts me, (laughs) and I'm (laughs) just kind of cringing about it. Um, yeah, and of course, we're drinking an old fashioned. It wouldn't be our podcast if we weren't having an old fashioned. And speaking of old fashioned, I know you just said we're drinking an old fashioned, but more specifically, what are we drinking today? We're drinking. 
I can actually show the bottle, maybe. <laughs> oh, oh, I'll let you hold that up. Um, Old Potrero Single Barrel Reserve Straight Rye Whiskey. And... I realize it's backwards for y'all. Looking live, <laughs> sorry. Um, but this one is actually a... So it's a barrel reserved, single barrel reserved. And mm -hmm. this barrel is a, a Spirits yeah. pick. Yeah, so, it's a barrel select from A Spirits. Mm -hmm. You can only get it at A Spirits, of course. Go to www.aspirits.com. Use code BET for $10 off. But um, if you like what you hear when we talk about this one, you can check it out there. Um, you forgot to point out what I think is the most important thing about this one. Are you, are you waiting or do you know well, what, what I was going to say? The most important. What do you mean? The most important thing. This is the highest proof. Oh, uh, well. Okay. Yes. Oh, you were going to get to that later. Yeah, I have that all. My bad. Jumping the gun. Background and information about the whiskey, but fine. <laughs> You're excited. He's excited about the proof. Everybody. I am. It's a one thirty one point three. I believe that's correct. Yes. One thirty one point three proof, which is the highest proof whiskey we have tried on the show. Yes. Um. Literally putting the term liquid flammable. To uh, <laughs> to use there the one thirty one proof so not to give a spoiler alert but it doesn't drink like one not at all so. we we actually tried this at a spirits because if you go to a spirits in Minneapolis if you find yourself up in in Minnesota you can try uh, a bunch of the different things they have and you can try all their barrel selects and so we get to try this one and as you can see by looking behind us. I could not leave the door no. after trying it without buying the bottle. And that that is one of the things I like about going to Ace Spirits or Ace Spirits. Not only do they ship direct to consumer, but um, you can go there and try their barrels. Yeah. And if we hadn't tried it, we wouldn't have ended up buying it at home with us. Yeah. Yeah. So. They also do a lot of fun things. I saw they did a raffle recently for anybody that stopped in the store. You basically get a raffle ticket for visiting the store. And they gave away some... Uh, special whiskey that they had just gotten in i was very jealous mm -hmm. inquired if i could get a ticket via online but it was a in-person only thing almost drove back up there <laughs> <laughs> anyways let's get to this nfl news yes. so josh jacobs update he's still holding out uh, no no i heard he was going to camp no <laughs> yeah i was excited because i don't know how many days ago this was but i had seen oh they're talking about like they anticipate him to come back they anticipate him signing and then he gets on is it x he get gets on, x? on the x um but he basically like denied all of that disputed those yeah. said they were just rumors and that he is still holding out he's not coming back to camp it makes me nervous because I decided to be optimistic. <laughs> we, we've been having drafts and yeah. I drafted him in one of our leagues and no, did I draft? I think I drafted him and I decided to keep him. I in specifically one of our remember you saying while you were getting ready to draft him, it's Josh Jacobs. He's going to play. I need him to play, <laughs> <laughs> but it was probably really stupid. I, I kept him, but I kept him for two years in one of our contract leagues. So. Even if things get a little wonky this year with him, um, my hope is that he will get signed somewhere. I don't see him just being done. He is yeah. a top running back in the league. Yeah, I agree. So. I, I He will probably play somewhere, whether that he forces a trade or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, before we keep talking, talking about trades and, and maybe you want to see him 
at his new team, if he goes to a new team, you know that buying tickets to, to that is stressful. But Game Time is fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Maybe you go see uh, C.J. Sullivan, the man in the box, live at a comedy show. Game Time's fast, easy way to buy tickets with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the whole ticket process and get hyped for the fun that you're going to have. So they have flash deals, last-minute tickets. they easy to find and buy tickets. I'll tell you what I like the most about game time you can go there and you can see exactly what seat you're buying no more get no more looking at that little diagram and being like is this close to the seat you can see exactly what your seat is what it's going to see so there's no surprises forget planning months in advance because let's be honest who can plan months in advance i know that we cannot game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, more. The game time guarantee means you'll always have the best price. That's right. You're not going to find a better price. But if you do, they will credit you 110% of the difference. If you buy a ticket on game time, then find a better price. They'll credit 110%. That's a lot. Get images of the seats before you buy. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps. Boom. You're set. And the tickets are sent directly to your phone. You don't have to keep digging through the email. Did it go to my junk? Is this in my focused inbox? My other inbox? Whatever that's about. So snag the tickets without stress. Game time. Download the game time app. Create an account and use code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code SGPN for $20 off. And download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. We are also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. And August is almost over, as crazy as that sounds. And you know what that means. That time is running out for you to draft your fantasy football team over on Underdog Fantasy. You can get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. You set it, forget it, and Underdog does the rest. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament, the largest fantasy football contest of all time, with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Do you have what it takes to win? To win it all? <laughs> so you think we both have done, um, we're both in that Best Ball Mania Tournament. Yeah. And I'm I'm excited about it. $3 million, here we come. the time is now. The last day to draft your fantasy football team is September 7th. So visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and sign up with promo code SGPN to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. So I put in $50. I got $50 back. Total That's of $100 to do best ball drafts with. That got me four entries yeah. into the best ball mania. Two free entries. Yes. So again, that's underdog fantasy promo code SGPN. And they um, also have, you can do higher and lower for, for preseason stuff. Mm -hmm. And something that I saw in there that I really like David Montgomery, higher than 750 and a half yards. I he's never been under that. And I realize he's in a different situation, but this is a better offensive line. I think he crushes it this year. Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> yes. All right, and if you're concerned with your play, like if you're really bad, no, just kidding. If you're concerned with your play, your gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Justin. Let's get back, back to this news, huh? Yes. <laughs> um, Jonathan Taylor was the next person I had on, our, on my list yeah. that made headlines. 
Do you want to cover what's going on there? I do. Uh, so Jonathan Taylor wants money. Um, he wants his guaranteed contract. He wants the money. He wants signed longer. He will not sign his franchise tag. The Colts and he, or he wants an extension. Sorry, not a franchise tag. He wants an extension on his rookie deal, which I get. He's been one of the better running backs in the league. And if he had not done well, it's possible they would have cut him by now. But the Colts and Jim Ursay, which I just realized that um, a couple episodes ago, I said Israe, but it is Ursay. It was just a little dys- dyslexic moment for me. Apologies. <laughs> um, but something that uh, he said that he's not going to budge on. He's not, but he also said, I'm not going to trade him, but now they've given him permission to seek a trade. And now they have given him a deadline by Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, which is August 29th. I had to look at the calendar. Yes. The 29th to find a trade partner. So by Tuesday, we should know what's going on with Jonathan Taylor. Allegedly, allegedly, I never know whether to believe those reports or not, but allegedly, Six teams have inquired, and at least yes. two have already sent trade offers. Two trade offers. Yeah. Per the rumor. Per the rumor. Yeah. Yes. Um, Trey Lance is also making headlines because the 49ers named Sam Darnold the backup to Brock Purdy, like the official. Why does this surprise TV? people? Trey Lance is garbage. Sorry, I, Lance. Yeah, anyway, I, I meant to reach out to Nick, our buddy Nick Fortune, <laughs> when I saw this, to get his take on it. Or um, Rod, I mean. Yes, I guess Rod too. We we know too many 49ers fans. Rod at least has an excuse. He lives in (laughs) California. So, um, but yeah, once that was announced, people are saying Trey Lance didn't show up to practice. And I don't know what's, I I don't know what's going to come of this. Does that go down as the worst trade in the modern era of the NFL? Them getting Trey Lance, them trading up to draft Trey Lance. They gave, they gave uh, the Dolphins so much. I believe it was the Dolphins, if I remember correctly. I read that the Dolphins were able to get defender Bradley Chubb with one of the picks. Mm-hmm. They were able to get Tyreek Hill, and they drafted Jalen Waddle, if I remember what I read correctly. That is a hell of a haul to give up drafting Trey Lance, big time. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, 49ers fans, but <laughs> I think you got hosed. Possibly. Um, another player making headlines, um, Corey Davis, wide receiver for the Jets. I have a comment on this, but go ahead. <laughs> Not These aren't huge headlines, but um, he did announce retirement. So he was pretty far on their depth chart for wide receivers, but apparently did not. Get what? along with Rogers. Oh, I'm really? Guess- no, yeah. I'm just oh. guessing. Like, I mean, they're not he gonna wasn't- come out and no bad news is gonna come out about he wasn't Rogers. one of Rogers' guys. No, so he's out. But on the depth charts, I feel like this probably benefits Nicole Hardman and yeah. Randall Cobb. Yeah, Cobb is <laughs> Rogers' best buddy. This is I also uh, heard yeah. a rumor, which I think is just a rumor, but mm-hmm. that we we do know that Devonta Adams has been frustrated with the Raiders. He made mm-hmm. some comments at the end of last season about that organization in general. Now, whether he's getting along with Jimmy G, I don't know. But um, I heard some rumors that he might force the trade and uh, and a trade to, obviously, the Jets. So how funny would that be, the super team that they're building there? That would just be crazy. And then look <laughs> at what that's doing. The Raiders, if they lose Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. Yeah. 
I mean, they already are in the running for maybe being one of the worst teams this year. But one other thing that has kind of popped up, Mm -hmm. there's some news and reports on Zeke out of practices that he could have a considerable amount of red zone carries and he's working as a pass catching back. Now, this is interesting because I know I said I don't think he's going to have any effect, but knowing that he's going to have a lot of red zone carries, knowing that he is going to be a pass catching back, does this make you more likely to draft Zeke or less likely to draft Ramondre or both? Justin, this question aggravates me because (laughs) no, it aggravates me with you. Oh, (laughs) because when this happened, I told you that I felt like this impacts Ramondre. Ramondre Stevenson. I know you did. I thought I told you, I feel like this makes him less valuable. I was bummed about it because Ramondre was a running back that I really wanted to target this year because he was a clear, like only running back. Yeah. He's going to get, he's going to be their workhorse. Right. And I said, Zeke going over there changes that and makes them less valuable to me. It's one less running back. Like they're becoming a two running back system. Yeah. In my opinion, I do think it makes it like you more probable that you should be drafting Zeke. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're going to really share the carries. It definitely, I'm worried because I, I do have Ramondre in a, in one of our contract leagues and I have him contracted and I am worried about how much that affects him. Mm-hmm. Um, because this isn't an offense. The Patriots offense, I don't think is going to have a lot of viable fantasy football players anyways. And now you're cutting into the one that I felt safe on. So mm-hmm. that bothers me. But if you think he's going to affect Ramondre a lot, or you just think he's going to get his, go check out some prop bets on DraftKings. You've waited all year and the time has finally arrived. College football is back. That's right. Did you know college football starts this weekend? They call it week zero. Oh, my God. But college football starts this weekend. That's crazy. I didn't realize it started this weekend. Yeah, and I am pumped. (laughs) Uh, There's not a lot of high market games or whatever, marquee games, I mean. But, you know, anyways, college football is back, and so are the traditions, the tailgates, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbooks. That's right. Right now, new customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any any college football bet. Now. If it's me, I and I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this right from Colby because I was talking with him, but or I was sorry, not talking with him. I was listening to their their uh, podcast, so go check that out. <laughs> you equated that to talking. I was with talking Colby. with him. He couldn't <laughs> hear me, but I I was talking with him. I was like, "Yep, Colby, good point." But uh, he likes Florida International, the airport school, as he calls it, to uh, upset um, or take the points plus eleven. So. Uh, DraftKings has them at plus 11 and I went down and I got down on those right away. Kick off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code DGEN because we're all DGENs. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code DGEN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, which is 467369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net in partnership with Hollywood Casino and Charlestown Races, all games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. 
jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbooks for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. That was a mouthful, Justin. A little bit. Now, SGP has a Patreon now. I know we've been talking about that on previous episodes, but make sure you check out the Patreon. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL win totals contest. Yeah. With a $1,000 first place prize. The guys just recorded their first sports gambling podcast stories podcast just for patrons chronicling the birth of the sports gambling podcast network so you don't want to miss that go on over check out the patreon there's even a discord channel just for patrons the sports gambling podcast has and always will give out all their picks for free the patreon is just a great way to support the network and to fight back against corporate gambling so that is sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. And that first episode has a tale about a bearded dragon that you don't want to miss. <laughs> All right, Miranda, should we get to our, our guest? I think we get to our guest now. Yes. Um, we're going to talk some auction strategies with Kyle Sen Sen Senra. Senra. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Kyle Senra. Um, I got stuck there, obviously. And uh, we're excited to talk with him. So let's bring him on in. Let's bring him in. All right. Like we said, we have a special guest today here to talk auction strategies. He's the managing editor at Full Press Coverage, as well as podcast host of the Full Press Fantasy Pod, the Full Press Packers Pod. And you can also find him on Going for Two Live. Sorry, Kyle, how are you doing today? Uh, doing fantastic. Uh, great time. Uh, specifically, I love talking auctions i love doing auctions or fantasy football seems like both of you are are really into that as well so i think we'll uh, have a great conversation here for the listeners absolutely it's uh it's been i don't know i don't want to speak for you but it's been my favorite since i started fantasy football pretty much yeah me too <laughs> it's so much more fun than your normal snake drafts <laughs> <laughs> i agree so, wholeheartedly my favorite way to draft as well Absolutely. Well, welcome to Old Fashioned Football. We appreciate you sitting down and chatting with us. Uh, one of the things in fantasy football content world, which not everybody agrees with, but I'm pretty passionate about, and that's a getting like multiple opinions, right? Because there's so many creators out there, content creators, so many opinions. I actually like absorbing all the opinions and then kind of using all of that to kind of go with what, uh, kind of what I feel, I guess, uh, based off of what people say. So I'm sure you, you, me, Miranda, we won't all have the same opinions. I know, I know we often don't. No. Um, so <laughs> it, it's going to be fun to kind of talk about auction strategies. And, and I'm, I'm glad uh, that you're coming on the show here. For sure. And to your credit, Justin, the, the point of absorbing as much information as possible, I think is super important. There's, there's all this great information out there. And yeah, you might not agree with some of it, but that could also help inform your own takes as well. So yeah, take, take in as much as you can, I think. Absolutely. And before we start talking auctions and fantasy football, can you give us a little bit of background on when you got into content writing and podcasting? Yeah. So I remember it was uh, 2018. I uh, wanted to start writing articles. I liked fantasy football a lot. And so there was a site called Dynasty Dad and I, or, uh, Dynasty Dads, sorry. Uh, they did a podcast okay. and they had a website at one point. 
Um, and Matt Renshaw was one of the uh, founding co-hosts of that. And he and I are still a close relationship now. Uh, he's come nice. on my podcast so recently as a guest. And so, uh, yeah, they, I, they on their Twitter account, they put out a, a post that they were looking for writers. I, I applied. I got back to them. I, had, I think I'd heard the podcast before or at least saw some mm-hmm. of the stuff on Twitter. was really interested in them. So uh, I thought I'd jump at the chance. I wrote a few articles for them. Ultimately, they moved away from the website almost immediately after I got there. I think okay. I joined them in February, and I think by like June, July, they were they kind of realized the bandwidth to run the website and was going to be too expensive. So they uh, eventually the podcast moved on to the Dynasty Trade Calculate uh, Calculator feed. So mm-hmm. they didn't have a, a website, so they didn't have writers anymore. But that allowed me to springboard, and I used some of those articles I wrote for them to apply for going for two and full press coverage. Got in with both of them. Uh, and so like dynasty dad 20, yeah, early 2018 was that, again, that springboard to get me to want to do it and got me nice. in the door. So super appreciative yeah, the dynasty dads for that. For sure. Very cool. And before we, I guess, jump into auction strategies, you are a Packers fan and I wish I could give you crap for that as a bears fan, but obviously you guys have beat us over and over and over again. Maybe not this year. Maybe not this year. <laughs> Maybe not. Hey, we're only uh what, two, three weeks away from the first Packers bears games. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I actually talked about that on a, on a gambling pod that do you know how heartbreaking it is going to be to bears fans that Rogers is finally gone. And if we lose that month or that uh, NFL opener to them, I mean, it's going to be heartbreaking, but anyways, um, what are your expectations for the Packers this year? So uh, on top of all the auction stuff I do, I also, uh, for full press coverage, write a series of articles and do podcasts specifically about touchdowns and all in season. I oh. write a series called the goal line guide where I'm trying to predict touchdowns, whether it's passing, rushing for each team on a week to week basis based on their opponents and tendencies. But I also project preseason and like before the season, like over the course of the year, who do I think will mm-hmm. score the most touchdowns on offense? And honestly, I've got the Packers. It's like the sixth lowest in the entire league. And not to say that <laughs> offensive touchdowns are the only thing that are going to lead to wins, field right. goals and, and defensive mm-hmm. uh, scoring and just defensive efficiency will help in that. But all to say the Packers are the lowest team in the NFC North for me in my touchdown projection. So it would not surprise me at all if the Bears do have more wins than the Packers this year and finish <laughs> higher. And if I had to pick who I think would make the playoffs between the two, I almost think the DJ more help. Cause I, I wanted him on the Packers. So I was super <laughs> upset to see that, that trade go through. Now I have a bunch of Justin Field shares in dynasty. So that quickly, uh, that rejoice came over me quickly. Yes. <laughs> right? Finally, give him a receiver. Finally, they got him somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, For sure. So, yeah. I, uh, I don't have the most faith in Jordan love. Now mm-hmm. they may not finish bottom six. Like I, I, I've joked with some people, like they're, they're probably closer to Caleb Williams with Jordan love than they are to the Lombardi trophy. But yeah. I also think, <laughs> He's not awful as a quarterback in that he mm-hmm. won't completely fall apart. He understands out of an NFL offense is just in the little time he's played, the one start he had, he did things like actually really good against the blitz. Anytime any team blitzed him, especially the Chiefs in that one game in his one start, he seemed to be really decisive, finding his hot reads. Just the the moment of operating offense doesn't seem too big for him. Everything with Jordan mm-hmm. Love question mark is just his accuracy. Yeah. I've yet to see him really complete balls down the field at any point other than you talk about season openers. I'm sure that you probably had fun watching this. The Packers season opener, it was, I think it was 2021. So coming off of Rogers MVP season, they had just lost the 49ers in the NFC championship game. And so high hopes. Mm-hmm. 
and they go to, I think it was, it wasn't even in New Orleans because uh, some, I think there was a hurricane happening. So in, in a neutral site, the Saints just smoked them like by like beat them by like 40 points or something like 45 yeah. to three, whatever <laughs> it was mm-hmm. in that game. When they brought in Jordan love pretty early in the second half, he was completing balls downfield, like intermediate throws. And it seemed good, but it was also mm-hmm. the Saints playing like three high safety shell prevent defense. So outside of that one game, when it's competitive, close scoring tight man coverage, I haven't seen Jordan love yet really complete any passes downfield. Everything's always yeah. short, which is that seems to be a strength. Just a quick get the ball out quickly, hit receivers in stride. But the downfield accuracy, I think there's massive questions there. And so the ultimate upside, like I don't see him leading the Packers to the playoffs. I think that's ultimately sure. the goal. So mm-hmm. I'm expecting <laughs> to be disappointed, which I suppose if I'm expecting that, I can't be disappointed, right? <laughs> I, I will inevitably still be though. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's refreshing because I hear a lot of people that are Packers fans saying Jordan Love is the next Aaron Rodgers, the next Brett Favre. And I, and I just um, don't see that yeah. at all. Yeah, those but guys I guess I we'll see. Were, even early on showed in, in, in like their college career showed good downfield accuracy. Good, And I think yeah. Jordan Love's arm strength is fine. But again, it's just that mm-hmm. it's inconsistent accuracy. And you're either an accurate quarterback, you're inconsistent at it. It seems like he's more to the inconsistent maybe yeah. a year full of starts finally gets him to like, cause that's the one thing, like, I don't think accuracy and I'm never really, I've never played football in my life, like organized football, certainly, but uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd imagine accuracy isn't something that's just you're born with. Like these quarterbacks work right. at it. They work at it and just the, all the reps and all the passing reps, you can get better at it. So is that all Jordan love needs is the reps and he can be that franchise quarterback. He just needs the time under his belt. Maybe. But I also yeah. think if he's if he's so bad that they can just draft another franchise quarterback, his window is very short in that. Now I don't see him getting benched though. Like I don't I don't really see yeah. him trying out Sean Clifford at any point unless yeah. unless they're really serious about the tank and they think that's the better way to do it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'd imagine Jordan Love probably gets all 17 games this season if he's healthy. And if he's yeah. if he sinks, then so be it. They can I mean even next year's contract they can get out of it or if they you know it's it's not too big of a contract that if they have to go get another quarterback they can't have him on the roster so we'll, yeah uh, we'll see I, I would much yeah. rather have justin fields on the on the packers than uh <laughs> which my packers co-host on, on the full press packers pod jeff see he, we disagree about that we've butt heads about uh-huh. i i talked about why didn't they draft jalen hurts instead of jordan love that year and yeah give me a lot of pushback on that so far right now i think you'd <laughs> much rather have uh, jalen hurts i get the same vibes from justin fields so it's one of yeah. those where yeah we'll 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 see i guess yeah, absolutely. That's how I feel like we are as Bears fans every year. It's there's the hope, and it's like, but we'll it's see. It's crushing disappointment. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, let's I uh, well let's talk some auction strategies. Um, kind of get your opinion on how you approach things and um and whatnot. Yeah. So yeah, what so are I, what are some? Oh, oh go ahead. <laughs> I was oh, just going to ask you. Ask question. Yeah. <laughs> what are some top strategies that you use when doing your auction drafts? So I do a lot of preps, you know, for auctions mm-hmm. pre pre auction. I think I, I it's I find it's the format where I feel like I have to have the most preparation. But in mm-hmm. another sense, I also feel like it's the format where even if you have all that prep, you have to also be the most flexible, reading the board yeah. and seeing mm-hmm. what the prices are. So there's there is a I do have some strategies for in in auction management, but a lot of what I do for auction strategy is the the pre the, the pre auction stuff. I create my own mm-hmm. cheat sheets, and I kind of want to go in with values that I think players should go at and not that I will again back to the flexibility I won't necessarily always match them but I want Mm -hmm. that framework that guide to kind of guide me especially early in the auction when 
those first few players come up and you don't like later in the auction, you've seen enough players, you kind of get a good idea of what they should go for. But certainly early on when those prices are being established, I find it's a really helpful uh, guide that I can use. And the one beauty of it is I, I do auctions in redrafts at times, but mostly in dynasty and contract salary league formats. But regardless yeah. of the format, the, the way this auction process starts for me is always the same. So it's, and I think, I, I guess, I don't know how much you've, again, you listen to a lot of podcasts. You said, Justin, probably hear this a lot yeah. on podcasts, but it's, it's the, the truth. The first thing with fantasy football is understand your league, your scoring settings, all the parameters. Absolutely. And for an auction, there's so much more to know. Like what is the total budget? Do you have to fill your entire roster? Can you win less than the, the maximum roster size? Is there a minimum you have to go with? And all that factors into certain decisions mm-hmm. but ultimately mm-hmm. the, the first things i look for are to are to the total number of roster spots and then the total salary for all teams across the board so mm-hmm. how many players will be won in this auction and what's the total amount of money we'll spend to try and just get averages for all that yeah and do you kind of go in with like a budget per like you'll spend this much on wide receivers this much on running backs like to start with or no i usually no. I, I in the past i did but i found a mm-hmm. much more success budgeting for individual players and mm-hmm. there might be certain instances okay it's it's not a tight end premium league and like it's something where I, I feel like i can punt that position i might budget a very small amount for tight end like almost the minimum okay i'll, I'll go two tight ends and i'll bid the minimum on each. So I'll, I'll budget $2 for tight end. Like if it's something as small as that, I might do, but for the most part, mm-hmm. I like to just have those dollar amounts for every single individual player. Yeah. I like, um, you said some of your auction leagues are the uh, contract or dynasty type. I like those because you can really get to know your league mates because obviously everybody drafts differently. Um, and so for, for me, part of the prep in those is like, all right, I know, you know, this person is going to draft three quarterbacks no matter what. This person's going to do uh, like the, you know, we're from Iowa. So this person's going to like the Iowa Hawkeyes players and overspend on those. And it's fun. So they will roster those, six those tight ends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to get to know. We had we had mm-hmm. one guy draft CJ Beathard last year because he's like, he's going to win the starting job over Trevor Lawrence. And it's like, you can believe that that's fine, mm-hmm. but um, it is fun to kind of learn those, those uh, things that everybody does, I guess. <laughs> Just funny. Cause I have so much Nathan Rourke thinking he'd win the number two job over CJ Beathard, but yeah, so far he that should. doesn't seem to be happening. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, um, I guess the, the next step for me is in that really that first decision. Once you figure out those, again, the, that baseline averages across the board, how many, what's the total money being spent? What's the total number of players is making that decision on, the number of like the minimum players, I, I kind of was referenced that with the tight ends. Mm-hmm. I have a, a list of players that I think are worth the minimum amount, but I'm not going to put in my cheat sheet under this. I call it auction pyramid because essentially it, it functions almost like steps. Like the, yeah, regardless of how you organize your players, the first player on the, on the spreadsheet should go for this amount. And then the second player slightly less and third less. And then eventually you'll decide what that player order is. But I think so much of my process goes into those numbers first and, giving myself a baseline across what the most expensive player should be second most and working down stepwise all the way to the minimum. But then I also have another list of minimum players below that. These are players that during the auction, I will be willing to nominate, but never bid up on. These are the players where if I nominate and no one else bids them up, fine. I'm, I'm willing to roster this player for free or for the minimum, but yeah. as the second someone spends even just an extra dollar on them, that's a win for me because that's that's more money being taken out of the pool than I think is worthy of these players. 
And to me, the next step in my process is figuring what's that number going to be? What's the percentage of minimum to non-minimum contracts? And I actually mm-hmm. go pretty high with the minimum contracts. To me, I find anywhere between 33% and 67%, nice, either one third or two thirds. And that to me will, the, the scale of where that'll be will depend a lot of times on the depth of the starters. If it's something mm-hmm. like a start eight, I'm sure you've both heard enough auction strategies that talk about studs and scrubs, right? You'd fill out all eight of your starters. You want to spend all your, or almost entirely all your budget on those eight starters and every bench player is for minimum. Mm-hmm. I think that works well when the starting lineup is smaller, but once you get to a starting lineup of like 13, I find that you stretch yourself too thin and that depth really does become important. Uh, so in a, in a start eight league, I might go more towards the, the, uh, the 67% minimum because it, it almost works counterintuitively. The more you want yeah. to go to that studs and scrubs style, the more you want minimum players. Because for you, you want to push all that money towards the top end players. And you're willing to roster almost entirely, like more than half your lineup of minimum players. But in a start 13 league, that's when you want, okay, only 33% of the players should be minimum, which means everyone else, you'll have a lot more players you're willing to bid on. And again, yeah. those players where you're nominated and willing to over, over go over the minimum for. So that's really like the first decision when it comes to this auction process for me is what's that minimum percent number. And then again, once mm-hmm. you get through the whole thing, you'll have a list of who those players are specifically. But for now, it's just the, those numbers of players that are important. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because if you think about it, I mean, probably at least three, four players on your bench, you're going to drop for a waiver wire pickup anyways, right? So um, spending a lot on them doesn't always make sense. So I agree with that. I got to ask because it's something we talk about as far as strategies goes. In fact, we made it part of like our, our commandments, um, our auction draft commandments. Do you tend to nominate players you want or do you tend to nominate players you don't want that you think will drain budgets? Yeah. So again, talking that, that minimum list, there are times where you'll want to nominate from that list, hoping other people, exactly you said, drain their budgets. But I mm-hmm. find my mentality on that will shift depending where I am in the auction and where I am okay. with my money relative to others. If I find sure. I'm one of the teams with the most money, that's I think is the key time to nominate the players you want because you're in a better position to get them relative to the mm-hmm. rest of the league. But early on when everyone has all the amount of money, you maybe have a lesser chance to do it. So that's when I'll, I'll, I'll let the other people nominate the players I want. But if it gets to a point where those players haven't come up yet and I've got the money to spend on it, then I will nominate them myself. And I don't care if I'm telegraphing it because I've got the most money or the second most money. Mm-hmm. I can sort of push that further. So I, I think sure. it all depends for me is how much money I have relative to the rest of my team. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I think, I think the, at least the first round or two, I always try to, it's like, who are these kind of top rated guys that I'm not sold on that I know are going to mm-hmm. drain a budget last year. I think both of us were out on Christian McCaffrey cause we just didn't trust his health. We obviously that, yeah, obviously <laughs> we were wrong there, but, um, but that was a guy it's like, as soon as it comes to me, if he's there, I'm nominating him cause I know people are going to spend a boatload mm-hmm. of cash on him. Yeah. I like to get those top dollar players that I, like you said, that I don't want nominated get them out there get people's budgets draining i like once you're that person who has like the most of your salary left it's like a powerful feeling like you know (laughs) you can get get the person you want then i'm notorious in my leagues for just i'm gonna nominate tight ends for the first seven or eight nominations till i get one for free until i get one where no (laughs) one bids on and i just get them for the minimum so like like you Mm -hmm. said like you're both saying 
go with that big player everyone wants. So Travis Kelsey right off the bat, that gets a lot of people money, especially in leagues where there's no tight end premium. I'm more inclined to just give me the yeah. minimum for them and I'll, I'll spend all the rest of my money on the other three positions, get a strength at those, not just in high end, but also in depth and I'll play the waiver wire at tight ends. And that that's the perfect position to do it. I, I always look week one. Did the tight end I have on my team get more targets than everyone on the waiver wire? If so, I'll keep him. But if not, I'll just go for that player that got more targets week one. And yeah. sometimes, like, you run into one or, one or two cases. Like, last year, Kylan Granson had, like, seven or eight targets week one. That didn't sustain. But for the most part, I think almost everyone else in, like, the top 10 or 15 of the tight ends that got targets week one, almost all of mm-hmm. them finished there at the end of the year. So those tight ends that emerge as tar- kind of getting targets out of nowhere, usually it happens early on in the season. So I'm quick to react to tight ends. I'll chase the targets. Uh, like I said, there's there's a, a, exceptions like a Kylan Grants and I think James O'Shaughnessy two years ago for Jacksonville. Yeah, had a, his first game like six or seven targets. He was up there and then he got hurt and then it was it for the year. But uh, yeah, the, it's certainly yeah. The, there's a it's, what you guys were saying definitely makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, in auction leagues, do you find yourself going after kind of the same players as you do in redraft or do you go for different ones or does it just just depend like kind of how they're going value wise well and i think once the auction pyramid is done with the values and you know what all those slots should be that's when i add my player tiers in so to me mm-hmm. yeah if it was just a, di- a redraft and the auction was a redraft league it'd probably stick to close the same yeah, you know, push up r- running backs to wide receivers depending on if it's full ppr to half ppr I had a tight end premium you might push up those early tight ends, especially, but essentially just getting those tiers in place. Um, and uh, actually I, I've rambled so much. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> just if you kind of target the same, you're good. Um, oh, yeah. Same yeah. like players and redraft. But yeah, I think the, the beauty of the auction process is again, the, the, so much of it is player agnostic that when it comes time to putting players in, you're just following whatever your tiers or rankings are for whatever the format. So mm-hmm. the first part of the process is the same for every format, but then once you start adding players and that's where it will deviate based on whatever the, the settings are, or the format is. Yeah, for sure. Um, how long have you been doing auction drafts? Just curious. So, yeah, so I, I joined a salary cap contract league that and that league is still running. It's been going since 2015. So we're uh, mm-hmm. almost at a nice. full decade now for that league. And yeah, that was uh, for a few years. That was the only auction I would do every year was that league. The one appeal of a salary cap contract league, because I've also joined a, just a straight up dynasty auction. You do a startup for the auction, but then that's it. There's no, there's a rookie draft every year, but that's linear. Uh, so there's no okay. other auction through that. So it's like, it's a dynasty auction startup, but it's not really a dynasty auction league because you don't auction every year. I mean, some dynasty yeah. formats will have a rookie auction instead of the sure. linear one, but mm-hmm. I just love the, the salary cap contract format because every year you're going to do an auction for all the free agents that aren't under contract. And that's when yeah. it's not just rookies. You get some, sometimes some really good players available and it makes the bidding really interesting. Other years that the pool is really dry. So the, there's a couple of guys that might get boosted up more than they should be because they're the, the best available, even if it's not a strong class. So just love yeah. being able to do an auction every year. And so that's uh, mm-hmm. more auction drafting, right? It's, it's, it's so fun. Let's yeah. do it every year. Right. Yeah. We actually met a guy at the expo who's an auctioneer. And he goes to live drafts and does live auctioneering for auction drafts. And I thought that was really cool. That's super sweet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I haven't done like an in-person live draft. I've done like live timers where it's like 10 seconds for the timer, but over the internet. But yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Yep. Same. Same. Um, yeah. Most of, I think all the leagues were in their contract leagues. 
They are. They're um, contracts. Yeah. And uh, so you have your budget and then based on how many years you contract, their their, uh, their their cost goes up. I guess it's $5 in most of them. And then, the, but they all have some different rules of like, you can only contract this many new people each year or for this many years and kind of like that. Um, yeah, I've often I love seen about, like limits, like, okay, within an auction, you only have like one four-year contract available, two, three, or, yeah. four, or something like that where they, yeah. Uh, I've also been in other auctions. There's no limit. You want to put every player on a five-year contract that you win, go right ahead. But you also have those <laughs> cap hits for five years. So there's, there's pros right. and cons. Yeah. Yes. And we have one league that has no limits and it's yeah. like exciting. Like, Oh, I could keep all these really good players, <laughs> but then you really have to think about like how long you're going to contract them for. And you don't want to yeah. end up with somebody <laughs> who's we've all been there <laughs> not going to be playing for very long. And then you're stuck with these big contracts. And sometimes I take those risks too. Like I've had some mm-hmm. players where, okay, to get like, cause I play like on reality sports online and they've got this like integrated system where, uh, you, you know, you can bid whatever your amount, but it'll the like the, the system will choose still like the, the most guaranteeds over a certain amount of time. So the mm-hmm. one year amount mm-hmm. will be different than a three year amount to, to bid over that. But uh, so sometimes what I'll do is, okay, I don't want this player on a long-term contract, but I also don't want, like, they've gone past the point where I'm comfortable paying. So instead of paying them at that as a one year, I'll put it over three. It'll lessen that cap hit, but it also the drawback that you have that third year on the, on the contract. So sometimes I do yeah. stuff like that. And honestly, almost every time I regret it, it's like, oh, I should just paid more of those first <laughs> two years. Uh, but I think a, a great tool for that though, is the websites that track contract information. I think over the cap and spo track of both, become really popular over the years and whatever mm-hmm. resource you use both are great for that if just before an auction i go okay what players are available and i kind of i have the again with my sh- spreadsheet that, that i do i've got the dollar amounts all set but then i'll also put year amounts as well for the contract leagues just knowing okay this mm-hmm. is i this is the ideal number of years i want for this player sometimes it's four yeah. a lot of times it'll only be two or three and i kind of do base it off of what do the real life contracts look like i know they'll yeah. be in this situation for how many years yeah, for sure. That's a good idea. Um, before I move on to a kind of a different subject here, did you have any other strategies that you wanted to highlight? Well, the I guess the last part of the auction sheet creating process that I always find the funnest, and maybe it's because it's the last step, but it's once you get all those players in, and again, this pyramid of stepwise motion of the most expensive player is slightly more than the second most, slightly more than the third. I like to flatten off the areas where it is a big wide tier. And that's why usually when I input the players, it's not just straight rankings. I input them as tiers. So what I can do is mm-hmm. I can I can visibly see where those tiers are and easily adjust them and easily figure out where I want to adjust. And what I'm trying to do is within a tier, let's say there's 10 wide receivers all in the same tier. I'm dropping all of them to the lowest price. and I'm tracking how much money I'm saving out of that. And usually what I want to do with that is throw it back up to the top, the elite players that mm-hmm. I can make the pyramid even more unequal and push those guys further forward. And that's, you know, I'm willing to overspend on the elite assets. If it's a super flex league, I'll overspend to get my QB one in one QB sure. leagues. I'll, if it's half PPR, I'll overspend to get a Christian McCaffrey or an Austin Eckler, wherever the RB one is. If it's full PPR, I'll go for those elite receivers. And I find the best way to do that. It's again, is saving so much money everywhere else, tearing down at so many other positions to then just throw all that money at, you know, at the top tier, whatever, the, however many players that is, is possible. Yeah, for sure. 
All right, so uh, Miranda will tell you that I am a, a cheap ass and I love to get a, a player on a really good deal or really cheap. So I'm curious, who are some kind of budget players that you're looking at this year that you're like, you know what, they're, they're AAV, their average auction value. It's not that much, but I think they're going to be, uh, you know, kind of have a really good year and be worth taking a flyer for that dollar or two or whatever it is based on how your, your league works. A lot of times those really cheap players are coming from ambiguous situations. If it's super obvious, everyone's going to want to bid up for them. So looking yeah. at like a team without a clear wide receiver one and can, and it, or a team that it, there's a, it's valued as a clear wide receiver one, but I might think the opposite player might be the wide receiver. one. So yeah. one situation that really comes to mind is the Baltimore Ravens. I would imagine Mark Andrews is going to lead the team in targets, but they also have mm -hmm. like five first round round wide receivers on that team. And well, yeah. I don't think Jalen Rager is one of those. I don't think he's going to do that well, but like <laughs> the other three or four, I guess Laquan Treadwell is one too. So, you know, they're first round in name value only, but uh, certainly wouldn't expect much. But for the three other guys, right. Beckham, Flowers, and Bateman, pick your lane, you know, and maybe sometimes it's just picking whoever's the cheapest in the auction. Uh, mm -hmm. I tend to stay away from Bateman right now. I've actually traded away my all my dynasty shares of him. I don't love the news of them deciding, oh, just a couple of years after spending a first round pick on you, we're going to go spend a first round pick on Zay Flowers, a receiver yeah. that like a lot of people pre-draft weren't necessarily expecting to be a first rounder. So that clearly means the Ravens must be really high on him. So Bateman yeah. through, and he's been injured a lot, but he hasn't really done much. And he's out there. He's not drawing a, a great target share. I would imagine, I think it's pretty reasonable to expect Zay Flowers, even as a rookie, should do better than Bateman. So he's a guy mm -hmm. I, I'd like to push up. But if mm -hmm. Beckham is healthy, he's probably the wide receiver one on that team. So yeah. he'd be, because of the injuries, I think super reduced in price. So he might be someone mm -hmm. I'd like to go uh, on and take a shot on. But again, it's that could be one if Beckham, if you're in an auction and someone believes that Beckham's really that guy, maybe Zay Flowers ends up being a lot cheaper too. So yeah, again, back to the flexibility of just reading <laughs> the board, right? Sometimes you might, okay, I'll, sure. I'll take the cheapest receiver from this team, whatever it ends up being price-wise. Yeah, for sure. What were we gonna say? I was gonna say I've people are talking Odell Beckham up so much. <laughs> like I feel like that even from being at the expo, everybody is just saying, there. Oh, he's gonna be the guy, even though I feel he's past his prime. <laughs> but in that instance, you probably could get Zay Flowers for a really good deal, especially yeah. if you're in a league where people are really high on Beckham. Yeah. Yep. Another team I, and not that. I don't have a lot of faith in their offense doing well necessarily this year, but the Panthers, DJ Chark just got hurt. So you're looking at um, Adam Thielen, Jonathan Mingo. Those are guys that they're not going for a lot, but they're going to get targets. So they might be worth just stationing and seeing how they do. Um, and then I, I like, I'm, I kind of think the Broncos are going to bounce back a little bit this year. I don't think they're going to be great, but they're so devalued because of last year that you could get Judy or Cortland Sutton for a really good price right now. Yeah, certainly. I think Sutton's especially cheap. Um, mm -hmm. You see a lot of redraft ADP where Judy's going up there, but when it comes to an auction, that may not always follow. Um, yep. you know, people yeah, people are for forced sure. to pick at a certain slot. They'll just default on players, but when it's their money they're spending. They, they, don't, they don't believe in the player they want. So yeah, they, they might end up being, again, ambiguous situations. Who is the wide receiver one? Might see some yeah. drafts where Sutton goes higher than Judy, although I think for the most part, Judy probably the more expensive one, which again, yep. would make me want to go for Sutton. And to your yeah. credit with the Panthers, like I'll take Miranda's quote on, on Beckham. I wonder how many people think Thielen is over the, like past his prime and over the, the edge. And yeah, I could also make him you know, reduced in cost for that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because when he's healthy, now I know different offense than the Vikings, but it seems like he's almost been guaranteed eight to ten touchdowns. So, um, but it's other than that one year where he was like catching everything, but he finished the year with only like six or seven, <laughs> but he career yeah. high in receiving yards. That was that was a strange season where he was the like yeah, I think he had like consecutive hundred yard games the first eight weeks of the year, but in that stretch had maybe like three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, it's funny since Jefferson's been in and he doesn't get the volume. It's just end zone, <laughs> red zone targets. He's a, he's a strange yeah. case, that guy. Yeah, for sure. Did you have any other questions you wanted to throw out right now? Um, well, I had another thing I was thinking about with yeah. this too, like the, the chiefs wide receivers come to oh, mind yeah. because yeah. even last year, you know, with Mahomes being top quarterback in the league, it's, there was not a single Chiefs wide receiver in the top 20 for wide receivers. But um, it's it's hard to know who's going to be the clear, in my opinion, who's going to yeah. be a clear wide receiver one because they have Kelsey and he is basically their wide receiver one. Oh, for sure. But I he'll, think he'll... that, yeah, I was going to say, I think like even like Rishi Rice or something like that being worth like a flyer to see mm-hmm. if maybe a wide receiver stands out on that team. Those would be those players in that minimum list, right? Like if you can draw, mm-hmm. yeah. throw them out, and no one bids them up. I think Marquez Valdez Scantling is perfect for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he's he's the old guy there. That the, he's not the shiny toy. I I think he could, you know, down down the stretch in the playoffs, especially. Well, him, it's always the championship game. He did so well for the Packers a couple times in the NFC <laughs> Championship game, but not really any other games. And I think that was the case for yeah. the Chiefs, right? He, he was kind of invisible in the Super Bowl, but went off in the NFC champ or the AFC Championship. Yep. Uh, but just to say, it looked like he was getting more targets as the year went on. So I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up being the best wide receiver on that team. As like we're saying, Miranda, Kelsey's the, the alpha there. He's going to draw the most targets. Yes. He <laughs> he's also still probably only going to catch about a quarter of Mahomes' touchdowns. So where do the other 75% of his touchdowns go? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's yeah. all going to go to Jarek McKinnon this year like last year. <laughs> right. <laughs> who knows? Maybe it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really want to believe in Sky more, but I was high on him last year and then nothing. So... You know, sometimes, especially in auction leagues, it's like you take a chance on those guys and then it's hard to do it the next year. <laughs> For sure. But then you also wonder, is that sour the price where you could get him so cheap? If he had smashed yeah, last true. year, he'd be so expensive where you might not be able to attain him. So again, buy yeah. into the ambiguity. You look at those like like the Chicago and the Dolphins backfields. Are they three-way mm-hmm. committees or is there someone that's going to emerge? Like whoever you want to pick, you could probably get any of them for fairly cheap. So that's another kind of write your own story narrative that you can... If you go just a few of these ambiguous pieces, you've got kind of the solid back end starters, depth for your bench, and then you can again, spend extra money on the elite assets. Yeah, the Bears' backfield is interesting because I know everybody loves Roshan Johnson. They think he's going to do great, and it's driving Khalil Herbert's ADP and his um, AAV down so much that it's like, why not take a shot on him? Because they were such an efficient r- rushing team last year. Now, a lot of that was Justin Fields, but still – they're going to run the heck out of the ball. So, I mean, why not, you know? Yeah, for sure. Personally, I believe Roshan is more talented than Khalil Herbert. But I also mm-hmm. know how NFL offenses work. He's going to have to prove that to the coaching staff and not just through training camp. So I would imagine yeah. Khalil Herbert gets the most carries this year. Mm-hmm. We, we'll find out next. I think next year is way too far away to even know. Um, <laughs> sure. Is there a chance that Roshan gets the most targets out of the running back backfield? I think that's certainly a possibility. I might even say that's likely. I also think that might not be a lot of targets anyway, because I, right. I like right now I've got the Bears, I think, projected for the second fewest pass attempts in the NFL. Even, you know, with, I think I've got fields at 
434 pass attempts, which would still be a career high for him. I think he'll get over the 3,000 yeah. yard plateau, but it's still one of the lower volume passing offenses. So if Roshan mm-hmm. is the third down back, he's probably the third down back on the worst possible team to be a third. Down back. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I, I know they're excited about, oh, fields can open it up and all this stuff, but I, I know our record wasn't great, but rushing the ball, we did so well. And so why not stick to it? I mean, they, they kind of built the offensive line with more of those run blockers. So um, I think they stick to that as much as mm-hmm. I want to see him throw on 50 yard bombs or whatever, but you know, just run the ball, win the games. And that's what they need to do. <laughs> well, I think it's funny because people complained last week because the big thing was holding the ball too long. No one getting open. Mm-hmm. And he's just either having to scramble or, or just he's trying to force things in. He yep. throws this like screen pass to DJ Moore goes for 60 yards and touchdown in the preseason. <laughs> Oh, he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. But it's like, but this is what we want to see. Quick, decisive right. mm-hmm. fields. Like, this is exactly what we want. This should be a positive for everyone. <laughs> right. We didn't get to see that game. Yeah. But when we were seeing those stats come in, and we're like, oh, my gosh. Like, he yeah. must have really thrown the ball. And then we were, like, looking. And it's like, oh, he, yeah. he didn't. It's but like, still, it was successful. <laughs> yeah, we were again, actually. Oh, go ahead. To, like, that would just seem like, that, again, that one area was a huge deficiency for him. And, yeah. frankly, mm-hmm. Maybe that was the receivers, right? No one's getting open. That's why he's having to hold the ball so long. So having a, a DJ more, I think, will help him in that regard. It may not, it may yeah. not mean they throw more because, like you said, they're so efficient at running that why wouldn't they continue to do so? Right, yeah. All right. Anything uh, you'd like to add before we close out here? Um, I'd love you to tell everybody where they can find you, maybe some upcoming content to go check out. Sure. So yeah, two sources for me, full press coverage and going for two. Specifically with going for two, I do live streaming there. I haven't actually written any articles for them this year. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people on staff. And so I I kind of do all my writing at full press coverage. But for going for two live, I actually have a, a live show tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, Wednesday, right? Yes, tomorrow night. Yep. <laughs> uh, so uh, August 24th, uh, it'll be at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Going for Two Live network. Find uh, on YouTube, just search up Going for Two Live. Uh, it's called the Dynasty Gambit, and it's actually going to be our off-season finale. Uh, so okay. we're going to bring on Eric Romoff, who's who's uh, responsible for the Pros with Joe's charity. I was looking on Twitter, there's been a ton of activity nice. about that. We'll yeah. have Eric on to help preview that, and we'll talk about some stash and trash players. And I know a couple Dynasty leagues, there's like cutdowns. Off-season rosters are a certain size, and then in-season rosters are different size. So that that time of year is coming now to those back-end roster cut-down decisions. So we're going to talk a lot about that at the back end of our off season of dynasty gambit. And then in season, I moved to Monday nights. Uh, every Monday we'll mm-hmm. do a pregame show at seven. I guess weeks two and three, they start at seven. So we'll have to figure out our schedule those weeks with the, the two double header weeks in a row there. But uh, <laughs> sure. Myself, uh, Dan, the B league says, and uh, Gladys, uh, we, uh, yeah, we just, the three of us. And sometimes uh, Dr. James Freddie, who's a radiologist mm-hmm. by trade, uh, the doc, as we call him, he'll come in and do injury analysis on, on uh, the weeks where he's available. But uh yeah, and uh, for those seeing on the screen, uh, my Twitter account is at Center Says. So I'll usually be tweeting out a lot of that information. When it comes nice. to full press coverage, you already previewed in the intro. I've got two podcasts, full press mm-hmm. fantasy and then full press Packers podcast. Packers podcast, we just talk a lot about Packers. In season especially, it's game previews, game recaps, essentially. Sure. Uh, off season, we'll, we'll, you know, near the draft, we'll talk draft stuff and free agency when, when those times come appropriate. But a lot of what we do is in season. Full press fantasy pod that goes year round though. I talk well, me and my co-host, we talk a ton of dynasty. This time mm-hmm. of year geared towards redraft. We just finished our five-part tier series. We did two episodes on wide receivers nice. going through all four positions. 
viewing how we view each of our tiers collectively and how my two co-hosts, where we differ, where things compare between those tiers with players to target as a result, who might be cheaper because, hey, the other two co-hosts are sleeping on them. We'll get them cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, for articles, uh, a lot of my full press coverage articles will be my ranking articles that will be published every week that show the weekly rankings, but I also do something called the goal line guide. I touched on it earlier. It's my way of trying to predict touchdowns in season. And mm-hmm. what I do is uh, I track... Uh, usually ESPN is great for this. I'll shout out ESPN because they're uh, on their game recaps for every game of the week. They also have a play-by-play uh, section. They'll tell you literally yeah. every single play in the game. And I go through that and I look for any play inside the five. Hence the goal okay. term. And I'm looking yeah. for both offensive efficiency, but also defensive efficiency. I want to see how many attempts teams take, both running and passing the ball, how often they're scoring touchdowns. And then conversely on, on defense, how often they're allowing touchdowns, both running and passing. And that lets me cross-reference those stats on a week-to-week basis. Okay, I'll take a matchup. I'll take this offense versus this defense's stats in the, in the near the goal line and see who's got a good matchup based on their own skill, but also their opponents. The mm-hmm. uh, biggest lines also help in terms of the over-under. I also incorporate that in uh, the team sure. totals just because you know there might be a team that's really efficient in the red zone because they, they run so few plays that they've happened to score a couple times, but they're they're – projected to score 16 points a week. That probably means they're not going to get the, those opportunities. So I also think that's sure. important to use the, the the odds makers total to guide which teams will score the most points. But then I, again, use this all this goal line guide information. And I'll, I'll pat myself yeah. on the back because the reason I track it myself is because I, ha- I can't find this stuff anywhere. And I'm very much, when it comes to fantasy football, I, I've got my own spreadsheet to track all my roster ship and dynasty because I haven't come across a site that will cover every site I play on, like Reality Sports Online with the contract league. So I'm yep. very much, if it doesn't exist, I'll just do it myself. I'll, I'll find a way to just track it all <laughs> manually. So this was one where this goal line guide information, especially the defensive stuff, I, I don't know that it might exist somewhere that's behind a paywall, but uh, this at least gives people the, the free access to the content. And I'll, I'll usually what I share is my goal line grades, which I do for each team. I do it running and passing. Again, it's based on their offense, the defense they're playing, and the applied total for that. Like, nice. Comes as the goal line guide, I usually start after week five, I, like week five will be the first week I publish it to give myself mm-hmm. more data to base it off of. And I find as the season goes on and there's more data, I find it becomes more accurate. So fantasy playoff yeah. is especially helpful. Certainly throughout the year, I think it's a good uh, guide to help with the goal line stuff. So yeah, that can yeah for sure. Coverage.com and we'll see that appear weekly in season. Awesome. That Sounds awesome. awesome. Yeah. Well, make sure you follow Kyle on Twitter. I noticed I put Twitter on here, even though it's the X. I'm I'm still living I, in the past yeah. and calling it Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> at Center we'll says, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, check out everything he's got going on at Full Press Coverage and at Going for Two Live. Uh, Kyle, thanks for joining us. We well, really appreciate you. your time and talking some auction strategies with us. Yeah, Justin Miranda, thank you so much for the invite. Uh, I guess Dave Hallman also who connected us. So shout out to yeah. Dave because yes. he's the one who told me about this and uh, I think he reached out to you and yeah, it was a uh, super fun. So glad it could all come together. And I, I had a blast. Yeah, absolutely. We'll uh, be sure to have you back if you're interested. Awesome. Appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. Yeah, thank you. All right. Thanks again to Kyle for, for joining us. There was a lot of great information about auction strategies and, and some things that, you know, that we haven't thrown out. So it's yeah. always it's always good to get that different perspective because everybody's got their different experiences. Everybody and, does. And you yeah. don't have to agree with everything. I, I love getting. You tell me I got to agree with you all the time. What are you talking about? We never, we, I shouldn't say we <laughs> never, but it's, 
We don't agree on fantasy football. <laughs> I know we don't. <laughs> but no, I love talking to people, hearing their strategies. It makes you think about some of your own strategies differently. But Kyle had a lot of great information and I'm definitely going to go check out all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially, I mean, check it all out. But I'm especially excited to see the uh, the touchdown projections mm -hmm. that you're talking about. Yes. So, sorry, I'm moving around a lot here. I'm grabbing our whiskey because this is the first episode. You guys are going to get us to see that we're actually drinking. We're not just making this up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I have a flavor. I need to we smell it. You okay. It. I have. I popped this. Sorry, I'm interrupting you again. I opened this earlier. Yeah. The first sound when you open the bottle oh, it was, is like. It was glorious. Oh, it was. This one was very good. And really good. Oh, Didn't sound like that. It was deeper. Calm down over there. <laughs> so I my flavor wheel is. I don't have it right by me. So I apologize. I'm going to have to wing it. But Miranda did. Sample. Oh, sorry. Do you want this one? And I'll give you a smaller. Working. Miranda did get me uh, for our anniversary a flavor wheel so that we can really actually look at things if I'm stuck on them or you too, I suppose. But for sure, when I'm stuck on them, because <laughs> that happens a lot, um, when I'm stuck on it, that I can kind of look like, oh, oh yeah, there it is. In fact, I think the first person that told us we should get one of those was that Kate. Yes. Kate yeah, Douglas. Kate Douglas out of Keeper's Heart. Just a reminder that um, Keeper's Heart is sponsoring our live listener draft. And uh, we are going to have that on Friday. So make sure you join us on the YouTube around 640. Jump in the comments. And um, yeah, it should be a really good time. One other thing I want to point out before I forget, and we'll remind you at the end of the show. But if you're listening on a podcast streaming platform and you're subscribed to the SGPN Fantasy Football feed, stay subscribed to them. They've got a lot of great content coming out. But we are just going to be on the old-fashioned football feed. We're spreading our wings and flying um, thanks to a lot of the support we're getting from you guys. So make sure you subscribe to the old fashioned football podcast feed so you can continue to get our, our episodes as they come out. And we've been on the old fashioned football feed, um, since March, Mar last day of March, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically since April, this spring, previously we were only under the SGPN fantasy football podcast. So if you are getting a, listening to us under that podcast, please go subscribe to Old Fashioned Football and continue to listen to us on that yeah. um, feed only yeah. as soon as the season starts. As soon as in season starts. Yeah, you'll still find us right up to the season, but um, just, yeah, changing up a little bit. And yeah, we appreciate all your support, of course. Of course. And, and like I said, don't unsubscribe from them. They're still going to have a lot of great content mm -hmm. coming out of there, and it's still going to be fun fun stuff. But we just don't want you to think that we went away just because we're not on that feed anymore, and we want you to know where you can find us. Yes. All right. You want to talk while I, I taste Yeah. my favorite well, part? I'm going to have one more drink in my old-fashioned. Okay. Did I do all right? I made the old-fashions tonight. You did? Oh, there was like <laughs> – that was definitely set up for a but. You did? But what was wrong with it? This is better than the old fashioned we got at the bar in Canton oh at the God. hotel bar. That was terrible. And it was made with Woodford double oaked. Yeah. Um, allegedly. Alleged. I don't think it was. I requested that and that was in front of me and they went around to make it a different place. Maybe they had another bottle. Over there, Maybe, but. but I don't think I've had multiple old fashions with Woodford. We're getting way off topic here, but I've had multiple old fashions with Woodford as 
um, especially that double oaked. And I've never not liked an old fashioned with it. Yeah. This old fashioned was hard to drink. Mm -hmm. It was not. It was. Just, it was bad. No. Just say it. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. Well, I'm glad I'm um, at least getting above <laughs> that very no, low bar. We have an orange. <laughs> we had an orange today. I put an orange on the grocery list. You went and got us groceries yeah. earlier this week. We do have an orange. Mm -hmm. And there was an orange on the list so that we could have a fresh orange peel, a little bit of slice of orange with it. Yeah, I didn't want to overdo it. Uh -huh. No, you didn't. Yeah. Okay. It's very good. And you did put a... First it was, I did, but now it's it's very good. I'm, I'm working my way up. The more she takes a drink, <laughs> the better it is. Giving too many compliments. No, <laughs> it's good. Um, I have gotten away from just a plain sugar cube in my old fashions, and that is what you used. But I didn't want to tell you had. how to make it. No, it's not all we have. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? We had that or um, the bourbon cube, and I, I asked which you wanted. Nope. We have another? We have... I haven't been making our old fashions with that. We have, well, we have organic, raw organic sugar. Oh, we have you've the, just been scooping it? Like organic brown sugar cubes. Mm -hmm. We have honey. And we have all kinds of different maples. Oh, boy, guys. I know. <laughs> so we also have um, the herbal simple syrups that we got in Colorado. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about those. Those are really good. One of them is like a salted honey like caramel mm -hmm. simple syrup that would be good to try in old fashioned sometime. i didn't think about those we have all kinds of them we also <laughs> do you want me to keep going <laughs> let's talk about old portrero okay um yes let's talk about old portrero which is what we're drinking and it is a single barrel reserve straight white straight rye say that without. straight rye straight rye straight rye okay, fine straight <laughs> rye whiskey um this is a Barrel Select from Ace Spirits that we bought when we were up there. It is aged seven years and nine months. This is bottle number 99. And as we said earlier, it's 131.3 proof, which is the highest proof whiskey we've tried on the show. But let's just get into some of the background information, right? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do this, it. I, this smells delicious, by the way. I know. Hang on. It'll, uh, it, for me, it when is. I kept my mouth closed, it tingled my nose hairs a little bit. Mm -hmm. You probably don't have that issue, but I, I definitely had to open the mouth mm -hmm. a little bit like we'd learned. Anyways, go yes. in the background. Okay. Um, the old Potrero is out of San Francisco, California, and this is twice distilled in small copper pot stills. The mash bill is 100% rye, like 100%, 100% malted rye. Which is interesting. We don't, I don't think we've tried anything that's 100% right before. I don't know if we have. And then for the barrel um, <clears throat> on this particular one, it's dried 24 months and it's a fine grain new American oak barrel. And let's see. I already said it's aged seven years and nine months. So to get into some background information on Old Potrero, which you can find all kinds of information on their website, um, they make this one and they also have a six-year rye, uh, but you can go to oldpotrero.com. And it's currently being distilled at the, I don't, I'm going to butcher this, Hoteling, Hoteling and Co. Distillery. That's much better. I was going to say the hot tailing, but it's not hot tailing. It's no. Hoteling? Hoteling? I don't know. In San Francisco, Old Potrero, California. reach out and correct us. They also make Hirsch 
selected whiskeys and I've seen them. Um, it's like that teal layer. Yeah, I think know? I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, we saw it at wall to wall. Okay. Yeah. We have could be sponsoring that. us, but anyways. Wall to wall. Yes. Um, but anyway, Old Potrero, I think back in 1993, um, Fritz Maytag, who established the original, okay, sorry. Fritz Maytag established the original Anchor Distilling Company um, before it was hoteling and co-distillery. Mm -hmm. And some may know Fritz Maytag from his purchase of Anchor Brewing in the 60s, 1965. Wow. He uh, sparked the craft beer movement with that purchase. Really? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yes. And then after many decades of brewing beer, he had an opportunity to expand and start distilling spirits. Mm -hmm. So at that time, there weren't any pot stilled, pot distilled <laughs> whiskeys being made in the U.S. And so he was inspired by the rye whiskeys of America's past and single malt single malt scotches and say pot still is usually a scotch or irish whiskey yes. thing yeah yep well back in the day back in the day um i for american whiskey i think it what was is back in the day back in the I day don't know, 1800s <laughs> okay <laughs> back in the 1800s when they were making the moon but anyway um so he put together a team in 1993 to research and experiment in his distillery and then the first barrels were um, put down in 1994, and they started producing a rye whiskey from a 100% mash bill of malted rye. Mm -hmm. And um, they, all, it, I guess, it marks the return of pot stilled whiskey in the U.S. Wow! Yeah, nice. Mm -hmm. Um. So, Justin, yeah, did you taste it while I was talking? I did, and okay. smelled it. <laughs> um, I need to, I need to catch up now. And sure. I'm going to talk about this a little bit while you're doing that. I get like, if you think of a barrel aged stout beer, that's kind of what I get for a smell, which makes sense because of the barley or the malted. I mean, the malted. <laughs> There's the barley. no barley in Actually, this 100% rye mash bill. There is no barley, honey. <laughs> my bad. Um, the malt, I was thinking the malted, but I get like a, a barrel aged stout smell to it. What do you get? I don't get any beer. What do you get? Yeah, she doesn't know. Can't tell me I'm it's wrong. It's really this good. Is... No, it like smells it's delicious. Phenomenal. A whiskey chocolate, maybe? Maybe a little chocolate. I don't know how we get that out of 100% rye. Well, there's spice. I don't know how. It... Yeah, I don't know how aesthetically pleasing it is for y'all to just watch this. Whiskey. <laughs> little ASMR. <laughs> All right, I'm going to try this. Now you do get some heat, but not the heat you would think mm. for a 131 proof. No, but it's very my whole it's mouth so just got even the roof of my mouth got warm. Yeah. It's so good. Um what what do you taste? I get I, I still get mouth. like a chocolatey. Hold on. Chocolatey goodness. No, I do. Like a dark chocolate bar. Yes, yeah. Like a aged dark chocolate with aged, a little bit of whiskey flavor. Aged dark chocolate. Is that a thing? It sounds like it should aged be a thing. Yeah. Chocolate. <laughs> She's gonna Google it. 
while we're on the tube. You're pulling out of your ass over here. I'm pulling age dark chocolate out. (laughs) Oh my god, (laughs) disgusting. (laughs) No, this is really good. Um, it is. It's chocolatey. Now, if you listen to the the um episode we did with Luke Castle from A Spirits, the owner. There's no aged chocolate. Well, I mean, you can, if, I, if I look up aged chocolate, that's all I put in the Google. Yeah. And it brings up how to make chocolate better, barrel age it. Like, that's barrel, what it tastes like. No. Barrel aged chocolate. I've never had that, but that's exactly <laughs> what it tastes like. Um, Luke Castle from Ace Spirits, the, the owner of Ace Spirits, if you listen to that episode that we had him on, and if you haven't, I highly recommend going back and listening to it. But um, it's also on the YouTube or on your podcast streaming platform. But he, this was the one thing that I said, if somebody, if you could tell somebody to order one thing from your store right now, like they have to get it. Mm-hmm. This was what he recommended. And so that's why I had to try it when we were up there. And I, I agree. Like, this is really, really good. It's very unique. It's very different than anything you, you taste. I feel like, have mm-hmm. you tasted anything like this before? No. Yeah. I think I just like, my last sip went down a little wrong because the back of my throat's all scratchy. <laughs> are you gonna throw back to uh, when we had Nathan Kaiser from Two Bar no. on? Are you gonna talk? Are you gonna turn into the eighty-year-old smoking grandma? <laughs> <laughs> if you no. haven't watched that one, highly recommend to go back and watch that because it was hilarious. He was a hoot. Oh my gosh, he was awesome. That was we had a lot of fun with him. Yes, but um, anyway, sorry not to derail us from Old Petrero. This um. is. This is really good. I'd be interested to try one of their like just regular um, because I assume they one have their regular. It's this. Did you listen to me? It's this in the six year rat, yes. right? Yeah. Just like the regular six year, not the barrel strength. I'm sure. This I'm doesn't assume... say barrel strength. It's one... a single barrel. One, yeah. A 131 proof has got to be barrel strength. I guess it's got to be. Yeah. So I'm curious. Do you know <laughs> off the top of your head what the six year rye is proof wise? Um, no, but I can tell you. I think I still have it on my phone. Tell there. me. Um, if you're a, a rye fan or just a whiskey enthusiast. 97. 97, okay. If you're a rye fan or just a whiskey enthusiast, I think you should try this because it's just <clears throat> very different. I still have my She's throat still the 80-year-old smoking grandma. What did he say? <laughs> you want any potatoes? <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. Um. <clears throat> It's just really different. Not a bad different, a good uh-huh. different. I like it. Um, I really liked it in the old fashioned. I think it stood out and it changed the flavor of the old fashioned in a good way. But yeah, I, I, I recommend this. I know um, our buddy Zach Avello, I know you're a big rye fan. This is, it doesn't taste like a rye necessarily. It packs I mean, it has, heat. yeah, it packs heat. heat and it's got it some runs you of all the, the way down to your intestines. <laughs> Past your stomach. <laughs> right down to the colon. No, um, this is just, I think you should try this, basically. It's very good. Um, there's a lot of rye and spice. There's so much flavor. Um, one of the reasons I really like rye whiskey is because of how much flavor and spice you can get out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think the warmth from this kind of in a way can mask some of the spice. Does that make sense? Yeah. But it's there. Yeah. There's a lot of that grain. Yeah. It would be interesting to add like a, a couple drops of water to see if you could pick out some other flavors from it. Um, 
There you go. You got that. Because, uh, yeah, I just held it on my tongue and your tongue just tingles. Not in like a, oh my God, that burns type of way, but it's nice and tingly. I like, I thought it was kind of cool. That was probably really loud in my yeah, microphone. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> That's we're hitting the ASMR crowd right now with all the noises um, and the sniffing and everything. I liked it better without the, I put three drops of water in it. Oh, it changed it that much, huh? I don't know. I like it better without adding water. I do too, but I feel like, yeah, you do. I was going to say, but you can taste some different flavors. Yeah, very, a lot of grain there. It took away some of the chocolatey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you add ice, you're going to lose some of that chocolate compared to if you try it straight. Very grainy. And Mm -hmm. oak, I get a lot of oak now. It was masking that oak. Like, roll it towards the front of your mouth. Mm -hmm. Oaky. Interesting. It very, yeah. Maybe you're leading the witness here, but <laughs> um yeah. No, I, I, I really like personally this. I don't recommend adding three drops of water. If you really yeah. want to get the flavor, sorry, it was a bad idea. There, no, it's okay. But for this one, I liked it before. I liked yeah. less oaky. Yeah, this and... is the the best way I can describe this. I mean, it is good. We say a lot of them are good. I understand that. So you want more to go off of than that before you order it. Yeah. The the what I can say about it, <clears throat> excuse me, is that it's very different. Mm-hmm. This is a very different tasting whiskey. We have a lot of different bourbons that they're very comparable, especially when you get into the big name guys. There's a lot of comparable bourbons that like this tastes very similar to that because so many of them are using the similar recipe. This is very different. I think I think that's kind of why, not only because rye's are so complex, but mm-hmm. that's kind of why I think it was easier for me to start liking the rye's because we, especially earlier on, yeah, we were trying a lot of um, just bourbons right. and those big name bourbons. The big name ones, yeah. yeah. And there's not a lot of difference in them. And yeah. we found, we even found, um, I don't remember which one we were reviewing. But we found that they got their whiskey from another yeah. like big name or that um, yeah, all of these I, big names are distilled at the same distillery. Right. There's a ton that get, you know, everybody wants their Blantons or whatever, but there's a ton that is distilled there and you can get a much cheaper version that's pretty much the same thing, mm-hmm. um, which I did want to clarify. I'm talking about big names. Big. The big names. <laughs> that's one of the things I love about the craft distillery movement mm-hmm. is you're getting much different flavor profiles than you would in all those big names. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this, the, that's one of the things I can really say about the old Potrero is that just, it's very different than anything I think I've had. I can't think of anything that I've tried that of rise that is like this. Can you of rise? I, yeah. I don't think so. And I don't know if part of that is because of the there, proof but... too. So it's such a high proof rye. Yeah, definitely. Um, could be. We've tried a lot of high proof bourbons. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know what our next highest proof rye is that we've tried. Um, maybe just a hundred proof, a bottled and bond rye. Um, it is also. I don't think we've had a lot of ryes that are aged eight years. Mm-mm. This is seven years, nine months, basically eight years. So that obviously is going to affect that flavor as yeah. well. With this proof, I will say, like, it is good in your simple old fashioned. (laughs) 
my my old fashioned <laughs> went from did it taste good? It did, but to it's really good to your simple old fashioned. Well, it is. This is pretty basic. You orange bitters. Uh huh. Okay. And you use more than one. Uh huh. Angostura. Uh huh. Okay. Yep. And a partial orange slice and a Luxardo. No, Bordeaux. 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 Not Luxardo. Bordeaux cherry. And a white sugar cube with a little bit of water. My old plain ass old fashioned. That is pretty simple. (laughs) (laughs) And you simple syrup. That would have been simpler. No, I don't like syrupy old fashioned. I know. No, this is very good. Mm -hmm. I really, I really do like this one. Um, this is one that I do recommend trying. I understand ordering a bottle is tough. Um, if you don't know if you're going to like it, I get that hundred percent get that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, stay tuned for our big NFL season start because I am now saying I will send a handshake of old Portrero so that you can try it as one of the prizes, how that's going to work on our kickoff show for the NFL kickoff season. Basically, you uh, come on into the chat, comment something, ask a question, whatever you want to do. But as long as you get your name on there in the comments, then we're adding you to the prize wheel that we will spin at the end of the uh, the, the stream. So mm-hmm. and we'll spin it live. So adding that as one of the, the prizes because we just want to we want to make it fun. I know we're new to this being on YouTube and we're going to be live streaming. That's going to be pretty new for us. And we just want to have a fun time, and we want you guys to have a fun time. Giveaways. What's more fun than giving away free stuff? Right. Especially free whiskey. <laughs> I mean, I know I know. there's a lot of people that tune in for the fantasy football advice, but I feel like there's just as many that love to hear about all the different whiskeys. So, um, so yeah. So, make sure you tune in. We're, we'll give the full details on that coming out, but there will be a handshake of Old Potrero. Otherwise, if you find yourself up in Minneapolis uh, or Minnesota in general, Go to A Spirits and try this. He'll let you try it for free. You don't have to pay. Um, and yeah, get a sample of it because I have a feeling if you're a whiskey enthusiast, you're going to want to walk out the door with it just because it is so different. Yes. And um, if you know, well, if you know me, I, I do know you. bottles and labels <laughs> and stoppers in this wood stopper is, I like it. <laughs> If Haley was watching me right now. Right. Okay. Anyway. This, um... this weekend, the reason Miranda says that, <laughs> this weekend, um, Miranda was very adamant about telling how much she liked the wood on the Willet. Willet stopper. And, it and was to the like point that rounded. she was like stroking it. It was round because it, got it was awkward. rounded. I know. Josh and I, I are make like. things awkward. <laughs> she's like, Haley, you got to feel this. And they're both like feeling this bottle, which is in, in different shape anyways with its long stem. <laughs> And they're feeling the top, and Josh and I are trying whiskey, and we're just like, "What is happening?" <laughs> we were all trying whiskey. Yeah, you that's and true. Josh. That's true. We make things fun. Yeah. You just sit back and you're just drinking it. What would you do without our entertainment? Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, but um, I was gonna say I'm trying to put this up here. I really like the label. The bridge is cool. The the everything with the pot still in the middle of the bridge. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So anyway, uh, even the bottle, like it's a normal, not a unique shape for a bottle, but the bottom of the bottle different. The bottle is different in its own way. That is, um, yeah, that is a little different. One thing that I did not realize 
this is a 700 milliliter. So yes. I want to tell you that so that you don't feel hosed out of your 50 milliliters. I know. When we, we didn't did notice that until we were home. Yeah. And we were like, oh, this isn't even a full 750. Now, worth it? Yes. Yes. But it did surprise me. Um, I don't know if you can see on, look at the, uh, this probably looks weird if you can see it on there. Um, you can see <laughs> that like there's a nice indent in the bottom there. There's your 50 milliliters right there. <laughs> Anyways. Check, join us on the, the YouTube live Friday night. If you go to old fashioned football right now where you're watching this, you'll see it queued. Go ahead and hit the notify me so you, that you know when we go live. Come on in and comment. Tell us our picks are terrible if you want. That's okay. I'd like to just, yeah, I'd like to get a lot of people yeah. commenting. Come and hang out with us on Friday night. Making it more entertaining. I apologize in advance for anything i say how angry no, i might get don't apologize for that that's what they're tuning in for <laughs> people want to see you angry they love the drama I get so angry at you during drafts when we're not even <laughs> drafting together so again that's sponsored by keeper's heart they're going to be providing the winner of our draft with a bottle of keeper's heart whiskey um exciting for them they just got named the official whiskey of the dan patrick show so that's a huge deal for them um congratulations keeper's heart but grab yourself some keeper's heart and drink with us because i know i'm going to be drinking because i'm yes. going to have to be getting yelled at and put up with that <laughs> uh oh i'm going to be sipping the keeper's heart finish in madeira there you go mm -hmm. there you go i'm going to have both the irish bourbon and the irish rye and it might get crazy. We will see. So join us because it's going to be fun. Yes. Um, that's Friday night. Again, subscribe on your listening platform to the Old Fashioned Football Podcast. Just type in Old Fashioned Football. You will find us. You will recognize our logo. It's in the top corner right there. You'll recognize it. And subscribe to the YouTube so you can catch us live. We're going to do a kickoff for the NFL, and we're going to have prizes to give away. More than just a handshake of this. There's going to be other prizes. Um, so yeah, check that out. Miranda, do you have anything else to add? I don't. And my old fashioned is gone. Going once, going twice. Sold. Old fashioned football.